This is episode 20 of the BCLE, the B Contagious Leadership Experience. I can't believe that we've already had 20 episodes, but to be fair, it's taken us forever because of my eight-month hiatus. But anyways, we've got a great show today. I know I say great for every show, but I really do mean it. Um, our guest today is Jeffrey Barakoff. Now, you may recognize the last name because we had his brother, Mark Barakoff, on, on I think episode three or four, one of those episodes way back in the beginning. Jeffrey is a high school coach in Southern California, and I've known him for years, and what I've seen, I have seen a high-energy, enthusiastic culture builder. And I think a lot of high school coaches don't get the do when it comes to how and what they do to build culture. You're talking about a time in the student-athletes' lives where they're fragile yet strong. They're trying to be their own person but also conform. It's all these different things. Now, us as adults and parents, we call it hormones. But it's still something that the coaches have to work with and deal with every single day. Sit back, grab a drink, kick your feet up. You're going to enjoy Jeffrey Barakoff. Guys, thanks so much for joining us on another BCLE. We've got the head coach of Pacifica Christian, Jeffrey Barakoff, a longtime friend of mine. Admire his work in building high school programs, culture, and everything else. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for being here. I tell you what, um, we've been talking about this for a while. You are a legend in Southern California from high school in Orange County to, you know, you went to Cal Baptist in San Diego State, and now you're here at the high school coach. Man, I'm so glad that we're able to get together. It's been way too long. It has been way too long. I don't think legend is the appropriate word, but I will take it. Hernando. Well, listen, it's all about ratings on the BCLE, <laughs> and we're going to talk about legend, man. So you're, you're, we'll talk about where you are right now um, later. We'll talk about Pacifica Christian, but I, I want to jump right in. I, I'm a huge admirer of different cultures you've built, whether it's on the AAU circuit um, and also at high schools. Talk about a little about your upbringing and, and why culture and leadership is so important to you. I think it's incredibly important because a, a lot of coaches really, really miss the opportunity to teach their kids that, first of all, what they're doing is fun. Right. And, and intertwining, playing extremely hard, but also putting a smile on your face and enjoying that actual work, I think gets missed way too many times. People talk about this, um, what, what do they call it, the grind? Yep, yep. And I don't <laughs> know what the grind is if we're Neither playing sports. Neither do I. Right? right? I mean, people talk about, oh, I'm in the, doing the grind. I'm like, well, you're, you're either you're playing ball. Like, <laughs> this should not be a grind. I think it's our job as coaches to, you know, first of all, you know, influence and lead our kids how to play hard mm -hmm. and teach them what that really means. But also that it's enjoyable and that it's fun and it's, it's more rewarding than the score on the scoreboard. Right, right. Now, now where does that come from, right? Because we're, we, we teach, well, many of us teach coach lead the way we were taught coached and led so where does your that you know background that belief system when did that come into place and where does it come from I think growing up my, my dad made it pretty easy for my brother and I and you know he was a professional rugby player so obviously a sprained ankle or a or a fractured finger in our household didn't go very far in his <laughs> eyes so you know we just sort of slapped on the tape or band-aid and just kept playing through it and I think that I was, I was fortunate enough to grow up in that environment where it was just expected that we played hard. And, you know, my dad never worried about, like, we played soccer growing up. Mm -hmm. It was never if we scored a goal or not. It was, 
did we try our best? Mm. And I think hearing that from probably second grade on, did you give everything you have? Did you maximize your effort? It was never about the goals you scored or how many points that you had. It was, did you play hard? Did yeah. you defend? Um, and now in our society, a lot of times it's how many points did you have? How many goals did you score? Or, you know, parents are only filming the goals or the points. And that makes it hard for kids because that expectation is so high when for, for me, it was just play as hard as you possibly can leave everything you have on the pitch or the field or the court. And that's how I grew up. Thankfully. Right now, toughness is a huge part of your life. Right. And, you know, knowing you for a very long time, you know, obviously you said your, your dad was a professional rugby player. He played football at UCLA. Am I right? Football at UCLA okay. and then transferred to Cal State LA, played both football and baseball. Right. So toughness is, is what would you say is the groundwork of everything that you build? Yeah, we've so I started my first coaching gig at the varsity level. My, my first head coaching job was at Pomona High School, and we put the word tough on our shorts. <laughs> and I've just but we've been saying in the huddle at my, just my, my third high school, we've said it in the huddle everywhere we've been. And I pass out a sheet of what it actually means to be tough. It's a culture of sacrifice, um, about playing hard. And yeah, I mean, the toughness is something that I, I just believed in as a player. Um, you know, I wasn't blessed with athletic ability. I tell all my guys every year that at San Diego state, I think I, I maxed out at a 23 and a half inch vert and it's, <laughs> and I never dunked in a game. But, you know, so I had to do other things, and that yeah. was play harder, sprint the lane faster than the other guy. Not just one time, but from the, the second the ball tipped, I had to figure out ways how to stand out, and it wasn't my jumping ability. So I kind of took the Steve Prefontaine model. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play as hard as I can from the tip ball, and whoever's tough enough to keep up with me and last, we'll see. And you know what I found out early on is most guys weren't. Right. They, they, they were faster, they could jump higher, but they couldn't, they couldn't outlast me. And I, and I just really bought into that where, man, if, if that's my ticket to getting a scholarship, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm just going to be tougher, play harder, dive on the floor. Um, that means the ball is going over the bench in the fourth, the fourth row. I'm going to go after it because, <laughs> you know, if a college coach is watching, I want to stand out. And it's not going to be by dunking over somebody or the crossover, you know, the crossover step back to an NBA three, it was going to be those little nuances that, you know, I could display to a coach. Now, how do you get your players, your people to buy in, right? Because everyone talks about toughness. You're talking about now, and it's a different world now. Parenting is different. You know, people talk about people are soft or there's this layer of just coddling a little bit. How do you get your people to get to close to your level? Because your level is on like a 50 out of 10. I don't think people are soft. I, I think it's, it's how we, it's how we're now treating everybody. I, I think that the best way to do it is, and, and, and I'm, I try my best, but I think the best way I do it is just to build relationships, to be very relational, um, to show, to show when your players, you love them and you care about them more than just on the court. And that, you know, your level of love for them doesn't extend to if they made the shot or not. And I think then you can pull effort and you can pull talent out of kids who maybe aren't talented or maybe don't know what it means to play hard, but you can, you can love them up enough and and challenge them after you love them. You can't just come in and demand things. You have to come in and you have to build the relationship so that player trusts you. Cause then when you demand that you're going to run the extra 
10 suicides in practice or we're going to get in the line and we're going to defend for 45 minutes of practice that they may not like it, but they know coach loves them and they're doing it for a reason. And you talk about love. Now, love is a word that I think not a lot of coaches use. They may say it, but actually use it. Is that something you really believed when you first got into coaching? Yeah, that's actually the reason why I got into coaching, Hernando, was I played for four different coaches in college. So freshman year coach, then sophomore year new coach, all the way to my senior year. And I got to observe many different styles and leadership um, characteristics and offenses and defenses. And the moment I decided not to play professionally overseas, it it was in a gym at Sonora High School where I played basketball. Hmm. And the coach there who coached me wanted me to work out the sophomore team. And I kind of laugh and I said, no, I'm not coaching this. I'm not going to work out these <laughs> sophomore guys. I'm, I'm, I'm training, you know, to go to go make some money overseas. And he just kind of said, you got to do it. So I, I went over there and I worked these guys out and I fell in love. And I just had them do what I was doing. And they just continually got better day by day. And after the couple of weeks, I said, I, I just want to coach. And I never wanted to be the coach that demanded things out of kids by yelling at them or putting them down or treating them bad that they actually didn't like me. So they played hard despite me. Mm -hmm. So I I just felt like I'm going to love my players. I'm going to pour into them, uh, build these relationships because that's the kind of coach that I love to play for. And I didn't always have that. I had a few of them, but some weren't always like that. And I said, that's the coach that I want to be. Yeah. Now, how is it easy or hard to build relationships? Like, what, what do you think about that? I know a lot of coaches like, well, I don't have the time or I got to teach a class or I got to go recruit. Like, what does it take for you? Does it take a long time to build a relationship or, or have you gone in a way where you can hack away where now I could build relationships fairly quickly, but then make them stronger as time goes on? I mean, that's a really great question. And I think it's, it's both. It is hard. Um, and it's also easy. I think you hack away, you know, it's, when you go to practice, do you, do, you, do you high-five your guys every single day? Do you just say hi? Do you, do you, do you talk to somebody? It's not, you don't have to sit down and have a half-an-hour conversation every day with all of your players. That's, that's virtually impossible. But are you touching your guys every day with a fist pump or a high-five or, hey, good to see you today, you're, you're, you know, you're improving or whatever it may be, but just as far as they know that you're there and you care. And now with, with social media and technology, you can, text, you can text all your guys all the time. Um, you know, if you're an on co- if you're an on campus coach, it's easy when you see your guys at school. Hey, how'd class go? Right. It doesn't take 20 minutes. It takes the simple, you know, 30 minutes, 30 seconds of just checking in. I think even I do sometimes. I forget to check in, and I'm and, and I'm an on campus coach, and I make sure. I, hey, I gotta see my guys every day. High five. Hey, good seeing you today. How was that burrito at lunch yesterday? Right. I mean, just the little things. It's not always about the jump shot. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and I think the communication piece is huge is what you're talking about. I mean, be able to talk and communication different ways. Right. It's it's verbal. It's 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 touching. It's uh, maybe even a head nod. I mean, any of those things to do it. You have a very diverse you know, coaching background. You were at uh, Pomona and then Elmo. El Medina, mm-hmm. and then now here. Am I, am I missing a spot? No, you're spot on. All right. So, and, and they're all different demographics, uh, but they're people. Yes. You know, they're, so what have you had to adjust in the different situation based on where you were? And do you feel like you did a good job doing it at that moment? I, Hernando, I think love is love, mm-hmm. no matter where you go. And, and relationships are relationships. Um, it shouldn't matter for me, never was, it never mattered where I was at. Mm. It was just that 
these are my guys and I'm going to love them no matter where we are or what the gym looks like or what the, what the school history of basketball may be. It's, these are the guys, these are, this is, this is my group and I'm going to love them up. So for me, it never really mattered. Well, I'm, I'm in Pomona or now I'm in orange. Now I'm in Newport beach or wherever it may be. It just was, they're my guys. And that's how I, I guess I've always, I've always seen that is just, I'm going to love these guys. I'm going to pour into them. I'm going to do the best job I can. They're going to make mistakes, and, and so am I. But at least we're doing something together. And, and they see me more as just a coach who cares about what they're doing on the basketball court. Now, when you're communicating with them and you show them love, do you do any team activities, team building things that you feel has worked over time? Yeah, I mean, we do, we do stuff like, you know, a lot of high schools do team camps in the summertime or, you, you know, you go on a college campus, you stay in the dorm room. Um, I'm always a big fan of video game tournaments. Mm-hmm. I think it's one way for, <laughs> for us coaches who are, you know, we're getting older. Yeah. And, you know, the video game world's not going anywhere. I'm, I mean, I, I love to play FIFA soccer, so, <laughs> but all, all the guys love to play you know, so you just you put together a tournament or right. you jump in and you put three TVs together and, and you join in and they get a beat up on coach on a video game system for four or five hours. And, it, and that's been something fun that we've we've done. I've done a lot over the years, um, making sure we take a travel trip during the season is important if we can, you know, if you can afford it, um, if your budget allows it. So uh, next year we're going to Oregon, uh, to Illinois. Mm hmm. Um, during the season, which I'm really excited for. And then this summer we're doing the uh, San Diego State team camp. Okay. So just different ways to get your guys off of your campus together, eating at somewhere that's not on your campus is right. important. Right. The, you talked about the grind, talked about earlier <laughs> today and everything else. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, your career path um, and, and, really the ups and downs you've had to go through, you know, not being on campus, you know, being a high school coach, you know, working different odd ends jobs just to be a coach. Like talk about the passion of following your journey, your dream to get to where you are today. Yeah. Well, when I first started getting into coaching, you know, I I became a substitute teacher. I think most coaches probably fell into that. Hey, I'm going to coach, so I have to be on campus and I have to teach. And so I became a substitute, tried to pass a, a California test called the CSET. Oh. And I first started to do it in English, couldn't pass that sucker. That was tough. <laughs> so I quickly, I quickly changed gears over to health, which I had a passion for food and nutrition, um, you know, physical education, but I didn't really want to do PE. I wanted to be in the classroom with kids. So I, I passed it in health, got a credential in health. So I started to teach. Unfortunately, that led to it during the time I was a part of the pink slip era where every year you're teaching, but you're not, you're not sure if you're going to come back the next year because you didn't have a tenure ship. So now I, hold on, I'm going to stop you there because sure. how stressful was that? Because a lot of our listeners are, are people trying to get into coaching college. Some are high school coaches well too, but talk a little bit like the, the pressure, the struggles, the voices from everywhere else, like dealing with that on an everyday basis. I mean, it is hard, Hernando. And like, I loved the classroom. I loved being there. I loved the kids. I loved making an impact with, with students and being, you know, fun in the classroom and, and challenging these kids. But it was hard not knowing, you know, once you get that pink slip in April, the third yeah. straight year, it's tough. And eventually, you know, I didn't survive. But I saw friends get the pink slip and they were out and they were trying to find different jobs. And it, it was hard for teachers during that time. So once, once, once I got that pink slip, 
uh, I remained as a walk-on coach and then jumped into sales. Mm -hmm. So I was selling flavors and sodas all across the country <laughs> coming in, you know, cause I didn't want to stop coaching. Right. That, that's my love. That passion was there. Yeah. You want to do it. There was nothing that was going to stop me from coaching. And then, you know, then that led to, you know, this job here. And then once I, once I got the Pacifica Christian, then I jumped into selling golf apparel. Right. Um, and I did that, and then finally I landed here, at, you know, as the assistant athletic director, being able to be on campus. But being off campus is hard. I'm very empathetic towards the coaches who are walking on and coming on a campus and not being there all day. It's tough. Now, how how did you 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 deal with it? I know one respect's like, well, you just do it. You know, I, I that part there is, but was there a more of a burning desire because I, I remember, I mean, you, I would call you, you're in Oregon, you're in Texas. I mean, you're selling everything and anything and you couldn't do build. Well, no, you, you, you couldn't be with your, you, with your team. So how do you, how did you do that? Build relationships, build a culture and coach the team. See, that was the hardest part because I was just dying to be with, with my guys every day throughout the day. But when I was when I was with them, I, I try to make it really impactful, mm. really catch up, you know, and really talk about them, what they're doing. So when I when I was leaving, it wasn't like, oh, well, three days, three days felt like forever because mm. you're away from you're away from your guys. Um, but that's when technology is great because then you're, you're, you're texting guys all the time all the time you're just communicating via text and i didn't luckily i wasn't able i, I didn't miss very many practices only missed a couple here or there i, I tried to make sure i scheduled off-season stuff but the off-season's almost more important than during the season right yeah. and that i scheduled all my sales trips for the off-season it's like well that's the time where you're preparing and you're planning six months ahead right for the season and i missed that opportunity which was which was difficult for me of shoot like you know we can't do spring stuff or you know what's the summer look like so that was it was hard i'm very empathetic towards walk-on coaches who are out there doing other things not being on campus every day and you know being you know whether you're a high school coach or college coach you you are facing the world of transfers you know so by you communicating with them over and over again did you have to train yourself to communicate with them by text while you were gone or is it something natural and you just had to add more to it a, a little bit of both um I just made sure I did just check in. It's, it's, it's hard to check in when you're trying to make money for your family. Right. And, you know, so it's, hey, got to prepare my game plan for, you know, the seven places I'm going throughout the day on this trip. And I, I, I need to crush this sales trip because it's, it's May and I didn't go on that trip during December because mm. we had games. So you have to make sure that, one, you're doing a good job with, at, your, at, your, at your company and, and, you're, and you're being successful in the the thing that you're doing every day. And that was selling. So I had to make sure I did that. And so that, that was really, really important to me to make sure that I, I did well with what I was doing, adding in the mixture of texting your guys and all those things. It was difficult, but you just do it. Right. I think one of the things that, you know, you and I have always, we've been friends forever, but I think one of the things that keeps us connected is the wanting to be in uncomfortable situations so we could be better. You know, just like we ask our players to be in uncomfortable situations. You know, you working a full-time job, traveling around the country, and texting, getting your sales stuff. I mean, that's, that's being in an uncomfortable situation and, and making it through. Like, who are the people that supported you through it? 
Like, did you have, to, uh, was it a lot of self-talk? Does it look in the mirror, like washing your face, splashing with water like they do in the movies? Like, let's do this. Like, what, what was it? Man, there was all of that stuff. I mean, I definitely pumped myself up looking in the mirror plenty of times, throwing water in the face, a <laughs> couple, couple Rocky episodes, push-ups in the hotel. I, I, I have a great wife, yeah. thankfully, that was really, really supportive, who, who knew who I could share who I could share what I was going through with. And I was, she was the person I could be vulnerable to mm. about. This is hard. Like, I don't like this, but I have to do it right now. This is my journey and I have to own it. Mm. And there was never any excuses, but it was hard. It was really, really hard doing those things because I wasn't on campus coach right. for four years. And you, you see your guys at lunch every day. And I think we take that for granted. If you're an on-campus coach out there, don't take it for granted. Because right. there's guys like myself who've been off campus who don't get the opportunity to see your guys every day. And a simple hello will go so far. We cannot forget to do those things. But I mean, I had a great support system though, Hernando. Like you're one of them. I call you on the road. You know, the two-hour drives <laughs> through Oregon. You just call. That. Yeah. You just call and you you connect and you reach right. out to people and. Um, Having a, having a great team around you is incredibly important in, in your job, not just in coaching, but you have to have people who you can talk to, who support you, who understand, and, um, and, and friends who tell you not to feel sorry for yourself. Right. Now, as, as a man, how hard is it to be open, vulnerable, and, and talk about your struggles um, on, a, on, on, a, on not an everyday basis, but every other day because the struggles are real. But as a lot of us don't really, and I can't really say only men. There are a lot of us, especially in the coaching world, we talk about we got to be tough. We're not going to show our emotions. We're not going to show our feelings. So in essence, I kind of shut myself down. Like how did you, besides your support group, what did you have to do to make sure you don't shut down? That, that's, that's great, Hernando. I, I think being vulnerable and opening up is, is, a, is a sign of toughness. Mm. And I think we miss that. I, I don't miss that. Like, I understand that if, if I can show that I'm like, kind and, and care, that's, that's, that's not being soft at all. That means that, that's a strength. Mm. I think that we can't miss the boat on that. Showing kindness or being empathetic towards others or loving, I, I think that is a, is a true sign of toughness. Not the fake toughness of yelling at somebody or, or doing that. That's not, that's not real. Right. Come on. I mean, yeah, you, you got to yell at somebody sometimes to do some things or get things across. But the real toughness is being vulnerable to your players. Showing the, the human side of, of what you're going through mm. so they can connect to you because all of our players are going through something different, right? Right. Whether it may, who knows what it is, but it's our job to connect to them in that way. And, and for those guys to say, hey, coach is a real dude. He's, mm. he's a real guy. Like he's going through this and we can connect with them and I'm going to play hard for that sucker. Yeah. Like I really love coach. Like co coach loves us guys. And so I, I, I've always just been good at that. I have no problem, no problem being vulnerable or, or saying like, man, this is hard. This is tough. You know, all right, man, I got to get through this. How do I get through this? We don't right. always have the answers. Now, has your outlook adjusted because you and your wife have a beautiful young baby girl, not even baby. She's now a year, what, nine months? 18, 18 months. 18 months. Hadley. Hadley. Who yes. had a chance. I had an opportunity to meet her and she's awesome running around <laughs> trying to chase dad. Like has it changed or is it growing even more because now you got a fam you got two families, really one family, school family, team family, and then your wife and kid at home. Yeah, I mean, for all you dads out there, I mean it's 
it's amazing and it's <laughs> and it's hard right yes it is hard yeah but it's the best i mean right. once once those little fingers wrap around your neck i mean come on right it's all worth it I, and get, having hers it given me a whole another perspective on on things i've never seen before because i've always i've never had kids so i've always been the coach it's never been a parent hmm. now i'm a parent and i do see things a little differently you know i do understand in a different way why parents care so much about what's going on with their sons. I always, I thought I knew, but now like I really know mm -hmm. like what, what the level of care parents give to their, their sons. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, I know when I had my kids, like everything just, everyone says it changes, but I don't know how much, you know, it changes until you're actually on that journey. And then I know for you, like you look at your, like, wow, I've had her already for 18, 19 months. You know, my kids, I've had mine for 17, 14, I've been a parent more than half my life. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it, yeah. you, you don't really notice it uh, un, until there. And you said it, you, you feel like you're a better coach now. 100%. It's just even better. I mean, which is better, which means you could even, you know, fill, fulfill the needs of your players, be more of a service because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's phenomenal. All, the, all you dads out there know. I mean, it's the best thing ever. Like, come yeah. on. No, it's, it's, I think a lot of, um, when you're responsible for somebody else, it, it, it is a, a different world. Um, and, and not to mean that if you don't have kids, you, you don't have it. It's just like, it's just like different, different sensations and feelings. You know, I, I always say, like, if I didn't have kids, I would have similar vulnerabilities and openness. It would just be in a different, it'll be placed in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still the same. Yeah. You know, um, you're here at Pacifica Christian. You've done a phenomenal job. This is your third, second, third year, third year. I should probably do my homework before we get on <laughs> on this. But um, you've, you're you're building something, you know, really amazing here. Let's talk into recruiting. I know you're huge with LA Rockfish for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's even where you play. You played for Dave Benezra and, and a lot of us other coaches. But um, how different is the world of recruiting today than when you were coming out? which was, what, 10, 10, 15 years ago? I was coming out, what, I graduated in 98. Okay, yeah, so, shoot, it, that's 20 years ago. Hey, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's really different. I mean, it used to be the, the letter was the ultimate, you get letters at school, and it was just the best, right? Right. Um, you know, now that with, with, the, with social media and all the new rules the NCAA has, it's, it's a little different. Um, it's really different, Hernando. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, when I look at it, you know, in, in, in my sport, obviously, you know, I coach women's basketball. Um, I, I have seen the, I think the travel team coaches and the high school coaches not, not getting along as much. Um, but I also see with the, with the increase in social media, you know, it's amazing how increased social media also increases in transfers, you know, is that something we're always going to see and we just have to deal with it? You know, what do you see from your end being a high school coach? I think we just have to deal with it. Mm. I mean, kids have opportunities. They should take them. That's, that's, that's what I feel. So that means that we're going to deal with transfers. Um, it's not ideal. Obviously, as a coach, you want to have your guys every year all the time and build those relationships. And, you know, I think stability is important for kids and, and adversity is important. But you know, a lot of kids go to the go to different places all the time now. I think we have to deal with it and pour into the kids that you know are going to be here. Right um, now, is it harder to build a culture um, if you have a kid for eight or nine months? Like, what 
Can it be done? Can you get them to buy in so much that they either want to stay or mom and dad want them to leave for a, a quote-unquote better opportunity? Yeah, well, look at the best guys in, the, in college. I mean, Calipari, I mean, man, he gets it done every single year. You know, I, I would love to, to sit and talk to him or watch a practice of his because he gets, he gets those guys to do it every year, those right. kids. Um, Duke's following that model as well. They're, they're getting guys to come in and, and to buy in and play hard. And so, yeah, I think it, it, is, it is doable, and people are doing it. I think that's why you're seeing more transfers. Right. It is possible. And in state of California, what I, I think it was last year, was it over 1,000? Yeah, something state. like that. A lot. You know, it's amazing. Like, I, I travel a lot to talk to other college coaches, and they're like, can you believe how many transfers? I mean, in high school basketball alone in the state of California, well over 1,000. Yeah. You know, women's basketball in Division One, we're at, I think, like, I don't know, I think it was like 300. Mm-hmm. Men's basketball has got to be close to six to $700. So we're actually kind of used to it, yeah. you know, dealing with it. But I, you know, is there a way to get people to stay, or is it just – you know, I'm going to go to three or four high schools during my high school career and then reclassify. And yeah. then, come- <laughs> I, you know, I'd prefer, I, 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 I love, I love building relationships. So I would prefer to have a kid for four years. Right. You know, I just know that that's not the time we're living in. Yeah. So you have to make the most of your days, right? Right. You just have to make the most of it. And, and, Sometimes you have to hope a kid doesn't leave, but, but it's going on everywhere. So we can't feel sorry for ourselves or always talking and complaining about the problem. We have to pour into the guys that are here and do what we do, right? And then hope most of those kids want to stay and that you're building something that's, that's sustainable. Yeah. No, I love that. Give a couple bits and pieces of advice to coaches, um, either current high school coach, coach who want to move up, whether it's in high school or college, something that you could tell your, your younger self. Tell our, tell our younger self? Yeah, yeah, your own. When you talk to Jeff Barakoff 10 years ago, what are you telling you? <laughs> Just relax a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, this is fun. I don't believe that this is a grind. I think this is, this is heaven on earth. Right. But it, you're, coaching, you're coaching young guys, young girls. Like, it's fun. We should be improving every day, doing our best job as coaches and as leaders to become better leaders, better coaches, better X and O's and, you know, all the above, that should be how that's fun. Yeah. You know, so you have to go scout a game and, and, and film it and watch it. There's a lot of worse things you could be doing than, right. than grinding. Right. I, I, I think when people say that they're in the gym for 15 straight hours, it's, Oh, I gotta go grind. I mean, what else could you be doing 15 straight hours? You right. could, you, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's like heaven on earth. So yeah. I, I just think enjoy what you're doing. Um, enjoy the kids because especially now you don't know if the kids are going to be there the next year or not. Right. So you have to enjoy them, pour into them, love them, and make sure you're not regretting anything. Because whatever you don't do, you lose. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's, yeah. Whatever you don't do, you lose. Yeah. Ooh, I like that one. I may have to make that Instagram but post. But what what, it was Tony Robbins, I think, that said it. And what you, what you give, it lasts forever. Mm. Mm. And he those are things it, he, that you've been doing. He said it way, way more eloquently than I did, but <laughs> it was on those lines. And I just said. And what he said is a lot more expensive than what you just said. That's, <laughs> yeah, yes. that's the whole thing. Last two questions. When they make the Jeff Barakoff movie, your life being born a little baby in Orange County, I think you were born, and then you blossom, blossom into where you are today. Who is playing you? Wow. I prefer someone like a, 
Rocky Balboa or Sylvester Stallone. You want Sylvester? We would never understand one word you'd say. I know that's the hard part. I don't. I don't know Hernando. Um, Who do you think? I don't know. Well, I tell you know we've always said that you're like Matthew McConaughey just because your hair, (laughs) your smooth debonair walk. Okay, so not the car you drive because he does Lincoln commercials. (laughs) Yeah, but I think I yeah I, I I could totally see that. I don't have a Texas twang, though. So. It's okay. We'll just make you a Texan. You're <laughs> okay. a Texan coaching there you go. basketball in, uh, in California. Now, um, last thing, you know, I, you know I, we truly believe that you've got to be in love with something to do what you do at a high level. Like, what are you in love with? And, and, and you're talking about as far as the, the, co- the coaching piece. Now, I, I think anything in life. You know, I think that you've got to have a passion for life and there's different things within it in order for you to do what you do every single day because you're you're not one that just goes you know punching a clock nine to five and you wait no you like you are in it just like you said the whole time like you are in it with your players you're in it with your family like what is like that thing that drives that you're so in love with i love seeing people succeed and seeing people happy Mm. and and finding a fulfillment out of something and i I keep like for example i keep telling my guys it's not it's not always about the score on the scoreboard because you can win a game but lose because you got lucky or you had more talent or you had a 6'10 or 6'11 guy that just grabbed every rebound. But you can also win if you lose on the scoreboard because you maximized your effort, right? And, and I think that, that applies to life. Right. Sometimes you're going to get unlucky. There's, there's something that's going to happen to you. But everything you go through is a learning moment. Right. You, you either it's not like you win and you lose. If you lose, you better be learning from it because that's the only time you're going to lose. You win. You got to learn from it. You lose. You got to learn from it. And I just I like seeing seeing people happy, showing kindness and seeing people succeed and, and, and feeling empowered and confident. And and that extends to off the court just because you can make a jump shot doesn't mean you're going to you're going to be successful outside the, those lines. And I think our job as coaches is to make sure when our kids leave our program, they're successful outside those lines mm. because the ball stops bouncing for everybody. Right. Right. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. <laughs> Listen, people are going to want to reach out to you. Tell them how they get in contact of Jeffrey Barakoff. Uh, well, my Twitter handle is that how you want to any of it? I mean, it would, however, your preferred method of contact Twitter, Barakoff ball. Don't watch the videos. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to, he did this whole line of Barakoff ball videos that you will absolutely. We were ahead love. of our time, Hernando. <laughs> we were fil- filming on flip cameras. <laughs> Imagine those times. Imagine if you had the, I- at least the iPhone five. Yeah. I know. The quality of the videos would be unbelievable. Well, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time. You, you are you know, an inspiration, you know, from the way you, you are a family man, the way I've seen you coach over the years, I've seen you play over the years, your passion, your drive is unbelievably contagious to everyone around you, man. I love you. Thanks for coming. I love you, Hernando. Thank you. Let me tell you something. If you're not excited to go through a wall after that podcast, then I really can't help you. Great nuggets dropped by Jeffrey Barakoff right there in terms of culture, in terms of building a program, in terms of being relational. You know, relationships are everything in today's world. And I know that so many of us believe that we build great relationships. But I've had to take a really hard look over the past six, seven, eight months. Look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what, Hernando? You've got to do better. And we all can do better. We can go out and reach out to somebody who needs our help, who needs our support. We are not going through this thing called life by ourselves. We are trying every day to be great. And that means you have the power 
to make an impact in someone's life. You have the power to be contagious and be a light for somebody. I love you guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, go over to iTunes, rate the BCLE. It could be a one, it could be a five, it could be a 10. I don't even know how high it goes, but either way, we would love your love. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. 